This week, we continue on in our Lenten series entitled Holy Attention. And the focus for this week, as Jill mentioned, is on prayers of blessing, paying attention to the blessings that we are a part of in creation. It's a powerful thing, biblically, to understand what prayers of blessing are. Jill read about one example And what we see in the Bible when it comes to blessing is that blessing is not just uh, saying nice words over someone. It's not just expressing nice sentiments. That a real blessing changes the trajectory of somebody's life. That's what Genesis 12 teaches us. It's a a story about a a couple in their mid-70s, Abram and Sarai. And all we know about them is that they have been unable to have children. But God says to them in Genesis 12 that I'm calling you to go to a different land. And if you go, you will become the parents of many generations of my covenant people. You and I are evidence that God's blessing was real and changed the trajectory of their lives and of all of human history. Blessings change the trajectory of lives. Has anyone ever said a blessing over you? I've only had that happen once in my life. It actually happened while I was here at Covenant as a pastor. I was on a retreat with some other pastors, and on this retreat, we were talking about our ministries and about our calls. We talked about the things that were going well. We talked about the things that we were struggling with and questioning and doubting about ourselves. And at the end of the retreat, the leader in the closing worship service said to us that he was going to come and say a blessing over each and every one of us. And I said, I'm a Presbyterian. I don't know if I'm comfortable with this. I don't know if a committee is okayed what you're about to say or what this means or looks like. And he said, well, we're going to do it anyway and just see. And during the worship time, he came up to each and every participant, including me, and at one point placed a hand on my shoulder and said a blessing over me based on the things that I had been sharing about on the retreat. It was only about 30 seconds long, but it was like the Holy Spirit supercharged something in me while that blessing was being said, and it reshaped and and re-energized me for the call that God had upon my life. Biblically, blessings are not just nice words we say about somebody. Blessings are powerful things that change the trajectory of creation. Now this week, as we focus on prayers of blessing, we're not so much gonna be asking you to receive blessings because that's what we talked about last week. Last week in this series, we focused on prayers of gratitude and thanksgiving. And I hope that as you have gone through this last week that your gratitude jar has been overflowing. We know that we have been blessed. That's what prayers of thanksgiving are. Rather, this week, what we're going to be talking about is how you and I can seek God's blessing for others, to shape the trajectory of the creation and the lives around us, wherever we live, work, and play. Now, we're going to do that in in really two different ways that I want to focus on this morning. The first is how we do that individually this week, and secondly is how we are going to do that and how we are doing that corporately here at Covenant, even in this COVID-19 scattered era. We're going to talk about both. The first is how we do this individually. And if you open up your Lenten devotion or when you go to the online version of our Lenten devotion, you're going to see that this week looks completely different. Every other week in this series has daily entries for you to read in and engage in activities of holy attention. What you see on the screen right now are the only two uh, entries for the entire week of prayers of blessing. 
Because what it outlines is hopefully asking every single person in the covenant community this week to engage in a prayer walk. A prayer walk might be something that you've never done before. The instructions are all here on these two pages. But essentially what we're asking you to do is to go and walk through your neighborhood. And in this time of isolation and in this time of quarantine and of uh, sheltering in place, uh, doctors are still telling us that we should go and walk outside for our own health. What we're asking you to do is just go on one of these walks and follow the instructions that are here and to pray God's blessing upon your neighborhood, to pray for the people you see, to do the work that Eugene Peterson describes as unearthing holiness where we live. If you're somebody that can't get out of your house, maybe you're in a high-risk category in COVID-19, you can still participate in this. Go to a window in your apartment, walk around your house and look out the different windows to see your neighbors and follow the instructions that are on the the holy attention sheet and, and pray God's blessing. Be a part of this. We want to have the thousands of people in the covenant orbit all praying God's blessings upon their neighborhood. Not because we think it's just a nice thing to do, because we think if we really take this seriously, the lives of people will change, including our own. Individually, this is what we're going to be doing. But I also want to share with you today what it is we as a congregation are going to be doing and are doing in the midst of this COVID-19 era. What I'm about to share with you, I need to tell you, is one of the most exciting and uh, humbling things as a pastor I've ever been able to be a part of with a church. The story that I want to tell you and what we're going to be doing corporately begins a few months ago, the end of 2019. We had a very healthy year in terms of financial giving here at Covenant. If we had been having a gratitude jar for our congregation over the last few years, it would be overflowing. And at the end of 2019, we had a budget surplus. So what Session did is they took a chunk of this surplus from 2019 and they gave it to the mission committee. We've been talking about as a congregation that the uh, effectiveness of a church is not measured by its budget or by the number of people that are coming, that the purpose of the church is to seek to love and serve and witness to the love of Jesus Christ in the neighborhood and city that are around us. Is Austin different because we're here? That's how churches measure their effectiveness. We see this in scripture, for example, in Jeremiah 29, 7, where it says this, But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. What God is saying is that we are to seek the welfare of the city for all people and in its flourishing as we seek to bless the city, we ourselves will be blessed. This is what it means to be an effective church or as Daryl Guter reminded us, to be a love letter from God to the city of Austin. The mission committee took this $100,000 and they sat with it for a second and uh, our mission director, Whitney Bell, and this amazing committee of women and men who are leaders in our congregation uh, said, what if we use this to get at some of the root causes of poverty that we are encountering here in Austin, Texas? They saw many different factors showing up again and again and again, but one thing that they kept seeing that was a recurring factor for poverty is medical debt. 
Medical debt works differently than other kinds of debt because it's not something that you enter into voluntarily or even intentionally. It often and usually comes out of a crisis. And when you are in a crisis, you don't stop to ask yourselves how you're going to pay for your spouse to be healed or for your child to be healed. You just are grateful for the opportunity for them to experience healing. But for the most vulnerable in our nation, tens of millions of people who are uninsured and underinsured, that often comes with mounting medical debt that they have no ability to pay. What we've learned is, is that when you can't pay your medical debt, eventually what happens is your debt is sold to a debt collector for pennies on the dollar. And then these debt collectors go to extreme measures to try to collect as much as they can of the debt that you owe. And so many of the people that we work with, people, community guests that come to see us when we're open on Wednesdays, People that work with our mission partners are asking for financial help for groceries, for gas money, for car payments, for rent, for mortgage payments, because they're on the verge of homelessness. But a recurring issue that causes this financial pinch are again and again and again related to medical debt. The mission committee asked what they could do about this. And in their research, they found out about a group in New York City called RIP Medical Debt, Rest in Peace Medical Debt. These are former debt collectors who had started a company seeking to purchase this defaulted on medical debt. And instead of going and extracting money from the people who owed it, they seek to forgive the medical debt. We encountered them and asked them and engaged them in a series of questions. And we said, we want to really focus on the possibility of what is debt in our local community. And they said, we can work with you on that. And we said, well, according to your way of figuring this out, when we look at the poorest of the poor, when we look at the most vulnerable in Austin, Texas, how much of this defaulted secondary medical debt exists? And they said approximately $10 million. We said, well, we don't have $10 million, but we have $100,000. And we know that this debt is bought for pennies on the dollar. So if we gave $100,000 to the forgiveness of, of secondary medical debt in Austin and in specifically Travis County, where this $10 million of medical debt exists, how much of that $10 million would we raise? And they said, well, you could approximately pay for $10 million. And the mission committee engaged and gave the money. Blessing. Prayers of blessing change people's lives. They're not just nice words we say. They're not just kind sentiments in our heart. Our church is seeking to live that out, to be a love letter from God to the city of Austin. And in the coming weeks, the poorest and the most vulnerable in Travis County are gonna receive a letter in the mail. And they're gonna open it, and they are gonna be told that the debt that has been crushing every part of their life no longer exists. It's been forgiven, has been removed, has been wiped clean, and they need to do nothing to respond to it except be grateful. I think it's powerful in this age of COVID-19 that the leadership of our church is not circling the wagons and making certain that we're okay first, but we're continuing to do the work of being the church. Many of you have asked, 
in this age of a pandemic, what can you do as a response? And what I want you to hear is you're already doing so much because we as the church act together. And this is what it means to be the church. So this week we invite you to do the holy and sacred work of paying attention to how you can bless others, to engage in a prayer walk where you live, to pray and unearth holiness, but to also know that when we act together as a congregation, we are already doing this work and will continue to do this work as we encourage one another to follow Jesus wherever we live, work, and play.